We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio 92.9, the game back at a Chuckery show, hanging out in the Kia studios on this Tuesday evening with you. 404-726-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond Text Line to be a part of the show. Well, as we said, uh, we just played some clips from Arthur Smith and the Falcon Flyover. Talked about some of the pro football focus grades. Let's get some more Falcons talk in here. Let's head out to the WadeFord.com hotline. Lance Ford dealer. Let's talk to our buddy Michael Rothstein. He, of course, covers the Atlanta Falcons for ESPN. ESPN.com is where you can check out all of his work, and he's on X or Twitter or Twix or whatever the hell he's calling it nowadays, Greg. at Mike Rothstein. I mean, what, I don't know what you're calling it these days, Mike. I, I can well, never keep I, up. So I, I, I actually am on threads uh, more than I am on uh, any of the Twitter, Twix, X version of, of social media. I've, I've okay. moved a lot over to threads. So if you're on threads, if you're someone who is – found that or instagram i'm mike rothstein over there also i'm still on all of the twitter tricks x thing as well so you know i'm a little bit everywhere chuckery you can't get rid of me as much as people may try as much as i may try at times no listen i i I understand myspace uh you're on that too i mean so i was at at some way i am old (laughs) enough sir sir i am old enough to have been on myspace and on friendster so do not question uh, the insanity that has been my social media presence for many, many years, sir. You know, Mike. Um, <laughs> as we as we look back to last week uh, again, I was I was going to bring. Do we I, really want to? <laughs> well, I, I was going to bring up AOL chat, you know, um, so we can do that as well. But um, you know, it's amazing, Mike, when you don't turn the football over. You know, I mean, look, they only ran for a hundred yards, and I know weather dictated a lot of this. Only ran for 90 yards, less than, you know, 125 yards passing. But you found a way to win. And, you know, the big thing is no turnovers. And, and that just makes, again, when, when you don't have your quarterback making those kinds of plays that really put you in a bind, it's amazing how you can not do a lot of things well but still find a way to win. Yeah, listen, I mean, that's that, that's been the whole thing, right? Like, that's been Arthur Smith's thing for a while, too, is, you know, turnovers have been their biggest issue on offense. Uh, there's no question about that. Sure, Desmond Ritter has some accuracy issues. I, I think we all understand that. Like, uh, And they can use some better blocking at times. We all understand that. But their biggest issue when it got to the point where they were going to, you know, where they, they made, did the, what we'll call, I guess, now a step back with Desmond Ritter, right, were the turnovers. It wasn't that he was throwing the ball badly. It wasn't that they weren't moving the ball on offense because they were moving the ball really well on offense. It was simply that they had seven turnovers, all from Desmond Ritter, in the span of two and a half games. It was so much about the turnovers and what that was potentially doing to a young quarterback. This allowed them to reset a little bit. The offense did not look good on Sunday. 
anyone who says that the offense looked good on Sunday, uh, I, I don't even know. I mean, they probably weren't even watching uh, Massapequa and Seaford at ha- the uh, high, the Pop Warner teams at halftime, both two schools, two towns that I'm familiar with from growing up on Long Island. And, like, their offenses were about as exciting as what the Falcons and the Jets were putting on the field. But Desmond has looked better each and every week. And as long as he cuts down on the turnovers, I, I think they're in a really good position. You know, Mike, it is kind of amazing that Michael Pruitt has been able to be the kind of productive player that, again, when you talk about a knack for finding touchdowns, and look, if that's his only skill, I'll take that <laughs> all day long. Like, I'll, I'll, sure. I'll gladly take that. But it is amazing that, you know, again, that was a terrific catch that he made for the 20-yard touchdown, but he just has a knack that – I'll be honest with you, a few, very few of these players for the Falcons have that kind of knack for the end zone the way that a Michael Pruitt just finds a way to get himself open and available to be able to score a touchdown. Well, I mean, some of that, Chuck, I think is that like each of these guys have roles on this team, right? And it seems like for whatever reason in the red zone, and this dates back to last year, right? In the red zone, when it comes to scoring time, it really seems like Desmond Ritter has found a way to have a good connection with Michael Pruitt. Michael Pruitt seems to be a red zone threat, a red zone force. I don't want to know if force might be too strong a word, but a red zone threat for the Falcons. And it's been that way really since Ritter has taken over. Like if you remember last year, it was like, oh, imagine the chemistry he's going to have with Kyle Pitts. Because look at what he's doing with Michael Pruitt. Mm-hmm. Well, no, maybe we're learning it's just that he's got really good chemistry with Michael Pruitt. Uh, and that, listen, the, there are guys, Parker Hesse's an example as well. His role is very specific on this team, right? I think Michael Pruitt's role is very specific on this team, and his role just happens to be a little bit more fl- We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Actually, because I ended up getting in the end zone Mike Rothstein covers the Atlanta Falcons for ESPN, joining me here on the WadeFord.com hotline. You know, the other thing that is really noticeable about this team is the guys who aren't starters that contribute to this team. I mean, Nate Landman has been, you know, a guy who had a really good preseason. I mean, he was all over the field in the preseason. And obviously, Troy Anderson was the starter. Then he gets hurt. Landman has done a very serviceable job filling in. You know, look, Clark Phillips has had his issues at times, but I think he's done some good things, um, you know, when he has stepped in. You know, DeMarco Hellams is a guy who they probably didn't expect to play this much. Like, their backups have done a nice job for what they've asked them to do at times and, and maybe play even more than what's been expected of them. I think their backups have done a really nice job for this football team. They have. And, I mean, Nate Lamb and we had it today in our ESPN Power Rankings. They have us do something every week that's kind of themed out. One of them was a pleasant surprise for each team. And for me, 
it was a no-brainer that it was Nate Lamb mm-hmm. because when Troy Anderson got hurt in week three, if you go back and when we talked in the preseason, you sat there and you said, you know, the one area that they look like there's no depth is inside linebacker. Mm-hmm. They Caden Ellis, Troy Anderson, and then you were like, oh, I don't know how this is going to go. And then Troy Anderson is the first player that they, like, real key player that they lose, right? Like, Avery Williams aside. And Nate Landman comes in and he plays extraordinarily well to the point where you're going to have to figure out a way next year to have the three of those guys on the field. Right. And and that's going to be very, very interesting to see if they maybe move around and it gives Ryan Nielsen potentially a lot of, of options in 2024, uh, you know, looking forward to next season, because Nate Landman has shown he can play, and he is a sure tackler. He is able to get into the backfield. He is um, he is the type of guy that I think that maybe they hoped some other linebackers that they had brought in and, and had been drafted here that are no longer here had they hoped they might be able to be. And Nate Landman has been it. The rest of the guys, I mean. I think it's a little too early to tell. We don't know for sure on Clark Phillips. DeMarco Helms is is making plays and is getting more reps, clearly. I mean, but it would not shock me if they go to more of a three-safety look going forward and they put that puts Richie Grant in the box, especially if they're facing teams that like to run the ball a bit more, which we knew the Jets obviously were going to try and do. And it, it could end up being very dependent how much certain guys play but DeMarco Helens it looks like right now is really pushing for more playing time now does that mean he's going to end up being the starter next to Jesse Bates no not necessarily does it mean he's going to play a lot yeah I think he's going to from here on out and that's going to be a really interesting question for them again in 2024 what you're seeing now is that the depth that the Falcons did not have the last two years at all is starting to show up. And you're also seeing maybe why they felt comfortable moving on from Jalen Hawkins, at least at safety. You know, Mike, the other, the other thing that I keep talking about, and, and I'm going to pound this drum, because if you, look at, if you look at good teams in the league, one of the things they do is have good starting field position. And, and it's even gotten to the point where D-Led is starting to track field position because I've, I've talked about it so much, you know, with everybody, with you, with him, with Tori. You know, their field position is dreadful at times. And and really the only reason that they've even kind of survived is because on some of the turnovers, their starting field position has been pretty good. But it's not just special teams. They shoot themselves in the foot as well and cause some of these things. I, I don't know. Like, that's going to be one of those things that I, I, I think Avery Williams definitely will help that and they get their punt game back next year and punt return game back next year. But – They've got to stop shooting themselves in the foot as well. Like, their field position at times is just dreadful. Yeah, and it has cost them. I mean, if you remember specifically, there was that one game. I forget which game it was exactly. It might have been Tampa, obviously a game that they won, if my memory serves, where Mike Hughes was returning punts, and it was um, not good. No. (laughs) To say the least. Mm -hmm. I think that was Tampa. If my memory is right, um, but it, yeah, you, you just, they have had issues, and that has led, in some cases, to slow starts, and in some cases, to part of the reason why the offense 
has in some games racked up a bunch of yards, but not necessarily scored a bunch of points. Right. Uh, it, it puts them in tough in tough positions. But here's the thing, right? Some of that is they have not been returning kicks this year. I've asked that question a few different times. And one of the things I think we've seen in years past is that it ends up being a little bit of a, you know, risk reward scenario, but Cordero Patterson has taken more kicks out in years past this year. He's not. It sounds like part of that is strategy. Part of it is there are a lot of times it's being kicked nine deep. And with the new rules, like you're basically able to get it at 25, almost, you know, anytime you want, but right. That, I think, plays into it, too, is we're not seeing that sort of potential kick return break where CP would get it out to the 35 or 40, right? Or you had Avery Williams be able to make a guy or two miss. Like, D. Alford's done that a little bit when he's been out there, but with nowhere near the consistency of Avery Williams. I think a lot of people when Avery Williams got hurt kind of were like, okay, they'll find another punt returner. And you're seeing the value of a guy like Avery Williams in your lineup and what a big loss that was for Atlanta, because yes, we're talking, we talked earlier about guys like Helms, right? Guys like Nate Lamb and guys like mm-hmm. Parker Hesse and Michael Pruitt. Avery Williams has a very specific role on this team, but he's really, really good at it. Yeah. And, and look, when you're asking your young quarterback to, you know, average 77, 78 yards, you know, a, a drive to have to score touchdowns, that's asking a lot. I mean, that that's that. And if you look historically, over the last kind of like 10, 15 years, you know, teams that even just start at the 30 yard line have drastically different results of offense and stuff like that. Like, and it doesn't sound like much, but just when you're starting at the 8, 10, 15 yard line on drives, like that's just death knells for, for especially for young quarterbacks trying to make them go. 85 yards, 80 yards, 75 yards for touchdowns. That's that's just asking a lot out of, you know, the way NFL offenses just don't even score as much nowadays, let alone go 85 yards on a touchdown drive. No, it is. It, it is a lot to ask. And, but the other thing, and, you know, you always, we hear Arthur Smith say a lot, well, you know, the, the other team has a say in it too, and they do. And, and some of that has been the defense has gotten forced to punt like on the 40, right, or on the 35, to all of a sudden where that punter, you know, sometimes they face punters with huge legs, but other times that punter's put in a position where if he hits a 45, 50-yard punt, all of a sudden that is at the eight, and if the coverage is good, you can't return it. And if you let it go, most punters now are good enough where if you land it anywhere from like the, I want to say the four to the eight, that thing's probably getting down inside the five. Saw it last week against the Jets. And that's just how good punters and coverage teams are. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of this goes to the defense needing to maybe get stops further back on the field so that way they don't put themselves in that field position. It's, because it's a whole thing, right? You can also say, well, the defense maybe is not in that situation. If the offense is moving the ball a little bit further and pushing defenses back, right? Like it, it kind of – it's. It's an all-encompassing deal that you don't really think about when you're talking about that type of field position, but it's true. Michael Rothstein covers all things Atlanta Falcons for ESPN. Check out all of his work at ESPN.com. He's on your favorite social media platform, at Mike Rothstein. And Mike, as always, buddy, appreciate a few minutes uh, on the show. We will certainly chat again here soon. And um, listen, uh, I'm sure you're going to be on Dukes and Bell, so enjoy uh, your time with those guys this week. 
Yeah, I'm sure I'll be on with them at some point uh, this week. That's 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 become that has become the typical. That has become the standard, <laughs> as uh, as some people like to say. It is my pleasure. Well, listen, uh, don't forget us. Uh, we still hey, love you. Hey, you 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 reach out, and I'm able to do it. I do it, man. Hey. That's how we roll here. Hey, over. Listen, uh, we we've got listen. I, I tell you, listen. <laughs> we've here. we've got our bond, Mike. I mean, we've got our bond as well. So. Uh, we go, we go way back. So <laughs> absolutely, we go back. We go back to all the candy bars of all your choosing. Exactly. There you go. All right, Mike. Appreciate it, buddy. Thanks, man. We'll talk absolutely, soon. Man. Take so, care. when we come back, it will be time for what's bugging Chuckery. I, I don't understand at all what Dan Orlovsky is talking about, but maybe Orrin can help me figure all of this kind of stuff. I speak out. Orlovsky. Okay. Well, again, somebody needs to. Chuckery in the Kia Studios, Sports Radio, ninety-two nine, the game, and the Odyssey.com app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.